trouble. In any event, let's now get to chapter 12 of Sketches of Church History and discuss the much misunderstood Crusades. Um, now, I'm not going to attempt to argue, of course, that the Crusades uh, in their military uh, sense were, were Christian. Christ did not call his uh, followers to take up the sword literally and to kill uh, or even beat back the unbelievers. Uh, the Christian faith advances heart by heart as people are brought into the fold. But we will see that uh, many of the, uh, the stereotypes concerning the, uh, the Crusades, that it was a, a racist reaction of Western Europeans to what was going on in the East, is, is uh, not, not true. In any event, let's go ahead and pray real quick. God, our Father, we do pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand uh, this period in church history. It is, uh, in essence, a, a dark period from many points of view, but we remember that uh, you use even the darkest events in history for the good of your church. I do pray, Lord, a prayer of thanks for uh, the ministry of S.M. Houghton and for all the men that you raise up to write about what has come to pass and who write about things like history and theology from a Christian perspective. Help us to emulate them and to desire that men would know the truth. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Reading now chapter 12 of S.M. Houghton's Sketches from Church History, The Crusades. By European Christians, Palestine was always regarded as the Holy Land and Jerusalem as the Holy City. The Emperor Constantine built a costly church in Jerusalem, and his mother Helena acted similarly in Bethlehem and on the Mount of Olives. From time to time, pilgrimages to the Holy Land took place. When the Mohammedans captured Palestine and took possession of Jerusalem, pilgrims were still allowed to visit the land, but certain restrictions were to be observed. There were to be no processions, nor any public demonstrations in favor of Christianity, nor were any more churches to be built. In the 11th century, however, a fierce pagan race known as the Seljuk Turks, who came from the Caucasus uh, region, uh, that is, um, to the, uh, far to the, uh, the, the west, uh, in um, the area that uh, uh, eventually would uh, contain the Soviet Union in the 20th century, for instance, the Caucasus, the, those mountains. So the Caucasus region uh, conquered the Holy Land. They were persuaded to become followers of Muhammad, and under their rule, Christian pilgrims were subjected to harsh treatment and severe oppression. A cry went up from, the, uh, from Christendom that the church should be dislodged by force. Pope Gregory VII himself hoped to raise an army and attack the Turks, but his quarrels with the Emperor Henry IV prevented the carrying out of his plans. In any case, however, the popes thought it would be a good, a good thing to persuade men of the West to turn eastwards and fight the Turks instead of fighting one another, as they were so prone to do. Attempts had earlier been made to introduce what was called the truce of God in Christendom to prevent wars between Christians, but it had not been at all successful. Then came Peter the Hermit, who, having been on pilgrimage to Palestine and having experienced cruel treatment from the Turks, decided to use all his influence to stir up Christians against them. He first went to see the Pope, Urban II, who sympathized with his plans and gave him official sanction to preach a crusade, a war on behalf of the cross against the oppressors of the pilgrims. Peter, on his donkey, then went from city to city throughout Italy and France, and wherever he appeared, the people were deeply moved. Enthusiasm for a holy war was stirred up everywhere. Taking advantage of this, Urban proceeded to call a church council at Clermont in southern France. He there made a fiery appeal to all Christians to engage in war under the standard of the cross. With one voice, the people exclaimed, It is the will of God! It is the will of God! Or Deus Volt, as uh, is often uh, said in uh, Latin. One thing that should be noted 
is that as these um, men went from uh, place to place in Europe preaching the crusade, many of the people who, who shouted Deus Volt did not have a clue what they were getting into. Um, most of them had no, uh, you remember we had discussed earlier that at this point in time, uh, very few people had ever been tw- more than 20 miles from the village in which they were born in. And many of them had no clue how close, or in this case, how far away the Holy Land was, uh, which was truly uh, an enormous uh, journey from the, for the average uh, French peasant or uh, Englishman to, uh, to get there. Was, was quite, uh, it was the journey of a lifetime. And quite perilous in and of itself. It's estimated that the majority of uh, crusader deaths were not due to the actual battles with the Saracens. They were due to uh, diseases and mishaps in travel, many of them uh, dying, drowning, or dying of disease, obviously, on the way. Thousands enlisted in the cause and had a red uh, cross affixed to their right shoulder as a badge of honor. Princes and dukes, knights and squires, and even women and children were among them. To all who participated in the enterprise, the Pope promised the forgiveness of sins. Bishops in their dioceses everywhere preached the crusade, and before many weeks had passed, Christendom was stirred to its depths. This began, or thus began, a movement which lasted for two centuries, and which cost Europe nearly five million lives. In the end, every hope and purpose cherished by the crusaders was frustrated. The whole movement was based on sentiment and superstition, not upon faith. We cannot here describe the Crusades in detail or even outline, and shall only mention several of the outstanding events. Large numbers joined the First Crusade and advanced towards Constantinople in several companies. It was their intention to cross the Bosphorus into Asia and to march southwards into Palestine, Peter the Hermit leading one of the companies. But most of those who first set out were untrained and unprepared for warfare. The Turks met them at Nicaea, a place at which Constantine had held a great church council in the year 325 and killed most of them. But the early groups were followed later by men trained in warfare who laid siege to Nicaea and captured it. They then marched into Syria and, after a difficult siege, captured Antioch. Ultimately, two years after the capture of Nicaea, they succeeded in taking Jerusalem. Duke Godfrey of Bouillon was offered the title of king, but he refused to accept it. The date was July 1099. A horrible massacre followed the capture of the city, in which all the Turks were killed, including the women and children. Not till the gruesome act had been accomplished did the Christians realize how merciless they had been. For nearly 50 years, the new kingdom remained intact, but it was under constant threat by Turkish forces. Incidentally, anecdotally, it was said that the uh, the blood uh, during the sack of Jerusalem ro- uh, was uh, up to the... Uh, the reins of the horses, and unfortunately it wasn't just, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, Um, let me just say, it wasn't just the Muslims who were killed. Many of the the occupants of Jerusalem, uh, Jewish uh, inhabitants of Jerusalem, and um, Eastern Orthodox inhabitants of Jerusalem were killed willy-nilly as the uh, Crusaders took the city. Uh, Truly, it was a uh, a terrible event and not exactly a, a jewel in the crown of the church in any sense. In 1147, Bernard Bernard of Clairvaux, perhaps the most famous monk of his time and writer of Christian hymns, preached a second crusade to support the kingdom of Jerusalem. As a result, two enormous armies, one led by the king of France and another by the emperor of Germany, marched for the Holy Land. Again, it took the route through Constantinople, capital of the Eastern Roman Empire, but it met with severe reverses in Asia Minor. And after failing to take Damascus, the capital of Syria, the remnants of the original armies returned home again. Encouraged by their success, the Mohammedans, now led by their famous leader known as Saladin, laid siege to Jerusalem and captured it in the year 1187. 
Western Europe was ablaze with indignation when three kings determined to take action. Frederick Barbarossa, Emperor of Germany, Philip Augustus, King of France, or I should say, Philippe Augustus, uh, King of France, and Richard Coeur de Lyon, uh, King of England, I'm sorry. Incidentally, as a, a historical note, um, at this point in time, uh, Richard the Lionheart, or Richard Coeur de Lyon, uh, was about as French as the French kings. Uh, the English kings at this point in time were the descendants uh, direct of William the Conqueror, and thus they were uh, essentially Frenchmen, the Anglo-Saxons having been entirely suppressed. The Third Crusade had begun. The German emperor traveled overland but was drowned as he was crossing a river in Asia Minor. Philip and Richard went by sea. They laid siege to Acre on the coast of Palestine, uh, Palestine, but ill health struck them and their forces. Worse still, the two leaders quarreled. Philip returned to France. Richard remained to carry on alone. He reached Emmaus only some seven miles from Jerusalem, but realizing that he could not possibly capture the holy city, he came to terms with Saladin, whereby Christian pilgrims were no longer to be molested or taxed when they visited Jerusalem, and then took ship for England. Next came what is known as the Children's Crusade. Stephen, a French boy, claimed that Christ had appeared to him, and that what the knights, uh, the kings and knights of Christendom had failed to do, children would accomplish by the Lord's promised help. He said that if an army of children assembled in, the, in a southern port of France, the sea would divide before them, as it had done when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, and thus make possible their arrival in the Holy Land. Another boy in Germany named Nicholas spread the news, and thousands of children, the average age being about 12, marched up the Rhine Valley to join the French boys. Some girls, too, joined the crusade. As they traveled, they sang, There are the meadows, fair still the woodlands, robed in the pleasant garb of spring. Jesus is fairer, Jesus is purer, he makes the grieving heart to sing. That was the Crusader hymn, um, which, of course, we, uh, we sing today, but do not um, associate with the, uh, with the Crusades. Many of the marchers died in crossing the snowy Alps, but a considerable number finally reached the sea, as did the French marchers but the sea did not divide before them. Many returned home, but some 5,000 were taken on board seven merchant ships with the promise of conveyance to Palestine. Two of the ships struck rocks and sank. The owners of the other five proved to be slave dealers who sold the children to Mohammedans, and Europe saw them no more. Sixth and Seventh Crusades were promoted by the French king known as Saint-Louis in the 13th century. The sixth ended dismally. Louis was captured by the Sultan of Egypt and only obtained his liberty by paying a heavy ransom. In the 7th, he was joined by Prince Edward of England, who later became Edward I. On this occasion, Louis went to Tunis in the hope of seeing its ruler baptized as a Christian, but in Tunis he died. Edward soon returned to England, nothing having been accomplished. Christendom seemed unable to realize that the cause of Christ is not to be promoted by the use of the world's weapons. The weapons of our warfare, said the Apostle Paul, are not carnal, swords made of steel, but mighty through God, to the throwing down of strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. Carnal weapons can never accomplish spiritual work. If my kingdom were of this world, said Jesus, then would my servants fight. But my kingdom does not come in that way. John 18.36. Now, one thing needs to be noted. While the uh, Crusades were essentially a failure. Um, eventually, obviously, Jerusalem was retaken in the 1100s, and uh, most of what were called the Latin kingdoms that were set up in the east. 
to provide um, bulwarks for Christendom, uh, they were taken down also. Uh, the Crusades ended up, in one sense, weakening the Byzantines. Uh, the Crusaders, at one point, because of the separation between the Eastern and Western churches, there was no love lost between the Western Crusaders, who were supposedly coming to the aid of their uh, Byzantine uh, brothers. Um, they, uh, there was a great deal of animus and hatred. And uh, the Crusaders ended up sacking, at one point, Constantinople, which uh, considerably weakened the Byzantine Empire. Uh, additionally, we need to remember that um, the, uh, uh, the kingdoms that were set up there uh, <laughs> were, not exactly, um, were not exactly paragons of Christian virtue uh, in, in any sense. Um, and uh, often entered into alliances with uh, the Turks themselves and so on. Uh, by the uh, end of the 1200s, they were all gone, and um, uh, in, in essence, we could say, well, it was just a terrible, grievous failure that caused immense loss of life. There were two great benefits, though, from the Crusades that Houghton does not um, mention. One was the flow of uh, previously um, unheard of information to the West. Uh, one of the things that the Crusaders brought back with them was uh, was cultural artifacts from the East. Uh, it was um, it was noted that uh, many of the uh, uh, the Western Crusaders would take Oriental rugs from uh, Jerusalem and they would put them on the walls of their castles back home. They weren't going to put them on the the floor with the straw and the dogs, you know, and so on. So they had these silk, um, you know, uh, Ottoman rugs. Uh, there was also the great flow of uh, religious information. Many, um, many manuscripts of the Bible and so on uh, came from the East to the West. Uh, many more would come, of course, with the fall of uh, Byzantium later on in the 15th century as uh, Greek manuscripts uh, came into the West, and that would uh, help tremendously people like um, uh, Erasmus uh, as he translated the, the Greek of the New Testament. Uh, and there was just a, a new flow of, um, of cultural information that, uh, that had not been accessible to the West previously as tremendously large numbers of, of uh, Western uh, knights went over to the Holy Land and then returned having seen the wonders of the East. So that was one, uh, the, the um, diffusion of, of greater cultural knowledge and um, many, uh, many of the religious, uh, we might call them artifacts, some of them you know, obviously were brought back for veneration and superstition, which is not good, but there were written works that the West would not have had the Crusades not taken place. The second thing that um, was a, a benefit was the Crusades provided a speed bump to the, uh, the progress of the Ottoman Turks westward. Uh, there were 200 years where the Ottomans were essentially fighting on their own doorstep. Um, and after the Crusades were finished uh, throughout the 1300s, 1400s, 1500s, and then into the 1600s, the uh, Ottoman Empire expanded. They eventually rolled up the Byzantine Empire, took Constantinople, took most of the Balkans, uh, took most of what uh, became the uh, Eastern uh, Austro-Hungarian Empire, uh, they reached the very gates of Vienna in uh, 1689, and uh, was it 1688? I've forgotten because 1688 was the Glorious Revolution, so I associate that uh, year, the Glorious Revolution in England. That is, but in any event, um, they came very close to taking Vienna uh, in the late 1600s, and had it not been 
for the King of Poland and his uh, cavalry uh, freeing Vienna from the siege, they likely would have done that and continued to expand westward. It also uh, brought a brief interruption uh, in the uh, piracy in the Mediterranean, which was terrible. Um, the Barbary pirates, as we know, were, uh, eventually would only be uh, put down by American intervention in the Mediterranean, the young nation fighting the Barbary uh, Turks uh, to, uh, to free up merchant shipping, and for a little while provided a small, although you know, we saw the, the case of the Children's Crusade them being sold into slavery, but um, it also slowed down the, uh, the spread of um, uh, uh, the taking of, of slaves from Europe by Muslim slave, uh, slave traders. In any event, um, there were some, you know, brief bits of light, but we have to admit, of course, that uh, this was not a, uh, not a great moment in the history of Christendom. We are not to uh, fight savagely. Uh, whether the Western nations wished to uh, fight the, the Turks on a united front, it was a good thing to stop the uh, the advance of the Ottoman Empire, but it should never have been something that the uh, the Church did or said that uh, you know this was Christ's will, Deus vault, God wills it that we take back uh, Jerusalem. And as Houghton points out, a lot of it had to do with superstition. Obviously, uh, Jerusalem is not by itself a special city. Anyway, see you tomorrow, God willing. Uh, hopefully at the regular time. God bless and goodbye. <laughs>